Welcome to the SOS Church Stockholm podcast. We are an international church in the heart of Stockholm that meets every Sunday at 12 p.m. at Drottninggatan 81. The celebration is in English with translation into Swedish, Farsi, and Spanish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations, living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. All right, so we are going to talk about how to win people for Jesus. Shouldn't be that hard, huh? Uh, What do you mean by that? Well, we got the best message in the world, which is the gospel about Jesus Christ, the son of the living God who came to die for us, shed his blood for us, redeemed us, stood up again from the dead. Come on, somebody. Conquered hell, devil, and demons. Hallelujah. That's a good gospel. And Romans says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel, right? Paul says because it is what? The power of God unto salvation. So you got the gospel message. That's your first factor here. So I said it shouldn't be that hard because you have been given the best message in the world. Secondly, you've been given a helper. You don't even have to do the job yourself. Come on, somebody. Isn't that awesome? You preach the gospel and the Holy Spirit, your helper, does the job for you. Wow, what a task. Come on, somebody. Best message in the world. You've been given a helper that helps you to do the work. And then number three, are you ready for this? David says in one of the Psalms that I thank you, God, that I'm so fearfully made, so beautiful. You are good looking. These are your three power factors to evangelism. Come on, everybody say, I got the best message in the world. I have received a helper called the Holy Spirit. And now turn to your neighbor, and I'm looking good too. Come on, these three factors. Come on, Walter. If Walter lets out his hair, just stand up, Walter. If he lets out his hair, just let out your hair. Shake shake your hair a little bit. I I mean, look at this. Have you seen anyone more like Jesus than this man? I mean, he has the best message in the world. He has the help of the Holy Spirit. And he looks like Jesus. I mean, it should be pretty easy to be a soul winner. What do you say, Shurian? Should be pretty easy to be a soul winner. So I think everyone is up for the task. All right, and now you say, well, I'm not an evangelist. I didn't talk about evangelists. I talked about you. Because we are all disciples of Jesus, and we are all included in the Great Commission. What did Jesus say? Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. He said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what? Teaching them. So we are all disciple makers. Everyone is included. Can I just say this? This is just a little fun. We only have one guy in the entire New Testament that is called an evangelist. It's Philip. And that bothered me for a long time. 
I didn't like it. So many apostles, so few evangelists, so many pastors, something was wrong. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, it's because all are evangelists. You get the secret here? We are all the evangelists. All right. So we're going to study uh, uh, what the word of God has to say about how to win people for Jesus. That's a good subject, isn't it? So I want us all to go to John's Gospel, chapter 1. John the... Oh, my goodness. I, I, <laughs> looks like a bar here. <laughs> no, it's okay. Let me, let me we can keep both. Even be better. Share the Gospel at the bar with you guys. <laughs> John's Gospel, chapter 1. We're reading from verse 45. Are you with me? Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. <laughs> when you hear that, you should be a little skeptical. For you, it, to many of you now that have read the Bible, you're like thinking, yeah. But they were waiting for the Messiah, right? And here it says he is from Nazareth, that is... Fribourg, <laughs> that is Tienhult in Sweden, uh, that is, <laughs> I don't know, France here now, but a little place up in Britain somewhere, okay, where Asterix and Obelix are from, you know, <laughs> that part, a little unknown village, and his father is Joseph, wow, so who wouldn't be skeptical, so, Nazareth, Nathanael says, <laughs> Tienhult, Fribourg, Britain. No, I don't know if I say it right. <laughs> Can anything good come from there? I mean, yeah. And how did Philip answer? Come and see. That's your role. That's, that's all the role you have. Are you getting it? You've not, been, you've not been given the task to go out and transform people. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Your role is to say to people, let me lead you to Jesus. Let me show you Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Take so much pressure off of us. You're thinking, I don't qualify. You should have known what I did yesterday. You're sitting here right now, full of condemnation. He's going to talk about soul winning and... I am a project, <laughs> you know, I, I am a, a piece of work, you should know that, you should be winning me, and here you're trying to force soul winning on me, but listen, if it was about you, we would have been in problem, we would have had a lot of problems, how many of you, how, how many of you have heard of the guy that joined the SOS church many years ago, and he said, oh, since I joined here, I found out there is a lot of problems here too. And I said, yeah, it started when you came. <laughs> when you joined, we got a lot of problems. Before you came, we were all good. Okay? So what am I saying here? Well, get over yourself. Come on. This is the first lesson here. Get over yourself. If you're thinking, I don't qualify for soul winning, I don't qualify to win people, 
You've got to get over yourself because the message is not about you. It is about Jesus Christ. Isn't this freeing? Can we take this to heart right now? Come and see. That's your task. Philip's role is your role. You lead people to Jesus. You tell them the best message that there is. And the Holy Spirit does all the work. All you have to do is to point them to Jesus. Show them Jesus. If you could take this little, little nugget to heart, you're already a soul winner. Many people have never even tried. They said, ah, my working colleagues, they're not ready to listen to me. My friends are not ready to listen to me. Well, and then I ask them, this is often what I do. I ask them, so, so what have you told them? Well, I've asked them if they wanted to come with me to church. They're not interested. Can I point out that that's not the gospel? That's not the gospel. And then, oh, I've told them about some answers to prayer I'd had and some miracles I had. And they didn't believe me. Well, that's nice. That's good. But that's not the gospel. Hello? Have you tried preaching the gospel? Telling people the gospel? Many people, when it really comes down to what it really is about, they have never tried. And I bet there are many in here you've never tried to explain who Jesus is. Jesus of the four Gospels, his death on the cross, his blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. You've never shared about his miracles and his life and his resurrection from the dead and what he can do. And, and that is the Gospel. And the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit is tied to the Gospel. The Gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Not your testimony. Yeah, he can move upon that and touch some people. But he cannot save people. The gospel about Jesus Christ saves people. This is super basic, but you just need to get a hold of it. So some of you that have, you, you, you're claiming you've tried. You have not tried yet. Because unless you have shared about who Jesus is according to the four gospels, what he did on the cross, what it means, what the cross stands for, you have not yet shared the gospel. And the power of God that saves and transforms is within that message. It is within that. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that I have resolved, he says. That means I have decided not to know anything but Jesus Christ crucified. And, and then he says, he continues, he, he goes, well, it was not because I was such an eloquent speaker. Or I was such an amazing communicator. No, I resolved to know nothing but Jesus Christ crucified. And then when I did that, the Holy Spirit convinced. You can just keep on reading. These are the first five verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says, it just continues there. And then it says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. So that your faith should not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. Have we cleared the room a little bit? You feel the pressure is off? You got all that it takes to win people for Jesus. You got the best message in the world. You got the help of the Holy Spirit who's going to do the work for you. Plus you are so good looking. Wow. These are some factors, ladies and gentlemen. Huh? And if you have a problem with the third point, 
that's a problem in itself. Because I stand in front of the mirror every morning, middle-aged and fat, and say, Father God, I praise you that I'm so good looking. I flex. Maria, Maria, how many times have you seen this? Oh, my God. And Maria is a little jealous at me because I'm always so happy with my body and what I look like. Hallelujah. And baby, there's a lesson here for you. <laughs> because you are gorgeous. Every time she gains weight, I said, just more to love. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is everyone awake now? Yeah. yeah. All right. So we read here. We are, we are just reading the Bible. We, we, we have not even come through the text yet. Come and see, said Philip. That's your role. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, He truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Because Jesus did a, a very bold statement about a guy that he meets for the first time. Wow, look at this guy. There's no deceit in him. This is a guy of integrity. And Nathanael is thinking he's already skeptical. Nazareth, you know. Tienhult. He's already skeptical. Fribourg. Already skeptical. Son of Joseph. And then... How can he make that claim? But at the same time, he's thinking, that is exactly who I am. How does he know me? So what happens? Well, he says, how do you know me? Jesus answered, well, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And now there are goosebumps. His hair, his middle Middle Eastern hair is standing straight out on his back and neck. Come on, somebody. Some of you, you need to relax. If I would take off my shirt now, you would see a European gorilla back. His Middle Eastern hair is standing out. Ha! Wow! How do you know that my favorite spot in the world is under that fig tree in front of my house? Have you ever been there? That's where I sit every day. And Jesus says, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. That's supernatural kind of knowledge. Wow. Now something happens within the skeptical Nathanael. So he says, it goes fast. <laughs> Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. I love that. That's, that's often how it is. We just need something very personal said about ourselves. And now, wow, he's the son of God. All right. We continue to read. It's just like this. Jesus said, well, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the man, on the son of man. 
All right. So what is Nathaniel doing? And I've always said this, and this is my little bit of an introduction to soul winning. And it's so basic that I, I think all of you will remember it forever. Okay. There are three basic human needs. Are you hearing me? Doesn't matter if you are from Colombia, Nigeria, Denmark, America. There are three basic human needs that we all have. And it is what? It is to be known. It is to be seen. And it is to be believed in. Shall I say them again? These are good notes. There are three basic human needs. We have them all over the world. We want to be known by someone. We want to be known. We want to be seen. That's why I made this little jokes here in the beginning with something that is just, it is a basic human need. How many of you know you've come to church and no one sees you? Or no one knows you? And, and worse than all, no one believes in you. You're just a number. So we have this three basic human needs. We want to be known, we want to be seen, and we want to be believed in. Jesus hits all three of them within 30 seconds. He says, look at that guy. This is a true Israelite in whom there's no deceit. He knows him. We call that spiritual gift. It's mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We, we, we call it the discernment. That you know what is inside of people. It's also mentioned in John's gospel chapter 2. That Jesus didn't have to have someone's personal record told. He knew by himself what was inside of a man. And by his spirit. By the Holy Spirit. He knew what was inside of Natana. And he calls it out. And when you understand that the one you're talking to. Is not just a parrot. He is in connection with the Holy Spirit. He has the best message here, but he has more than that. He's in connection with the Holy Spirit, with God himself. And he ministers to that need. And you understand, I'm known. It hits right into the center of the human heart immediately. That's why we don't need intellectual evangelism. We need Holy Spirit evangelism. Let me say it again. No, no, no. Let me, let me say it again. Because, all right, because are you the one to convince people to become Christians? You need to use your intellect. But if it is the Holy Spirit's task, he's far smarter than you. I mean, he, he, it doesn't matter if you've got five PhDs, he's smarter than you. All right? So... People are not going to be one because you got the best arguments. You, got, you, you can explain the gospel so logical because it makes sense. Because it doesn't really make sense that God died and then the same God that died woke up the God that died. You lost me there. We could go to the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three, one. Well, congratulations. <laughs> so you won't convince people by explaining theology and deep things to them with your intellectual mind. No, no, no. 
The gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. But it is the power of God to those that receive it. We have to surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit. Understand that God is bigger than us. Knows more than us. And that there are some things that our human minds cannot understand. But our spirits can understand. Sometimes we know better with our spirits than we know with our heads. Because we are spirit beings. Are you with me? You won't win anyone by being smart. You will win people by being full of the Holy Spirit. I've lived to evangelize and win people for Jesus for 30 plus years now. And I can tell you this. Every time I tried to be smart, I lost. Every time I relaxed and just trusted the gospel message and the Holy Spirit, there was a winner every time. So, Jesus hits him with discernment. I know you. Then he moves on to another spiritual gift that is also mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is called word of knowledge. A little piece of information like a paparazzi camera that zooms in on a thing in your life that no one else should know about. And that little detailed information, God's paparazzi camera, tells you about something that no one else should know. Who can you know? How can you know? I saw you under the fig tree. It, it, it's, it's, it's almost silly, isn't it? I saw you under the fig tree. That was the winning sentence. Think about it. So if you're using your brains, you will probably not say, I saw you under the fig tree. <laughs> it takes a surrendering to the Holy Spirit to say something that doesn't make sense to you, but might make all the sense to the person you're saying it to. Because now Holy Spirit is speaking through you. You get the difference? This is about being surrendered to the Holy Spirit. discernment, word of knowledge, and then he goes to prophesy. Oh, you believe because I told you this, but you will see far greater things than this. He starts to predict his future. He is known by discernment by the Holy Spirit. He is seen by a word of knowledge. He's not only seen by Philip. He's not only seen by Jesus. He's seen by God in heaven himself. Are you getting it? He's known, he's seen, and he's believed in. Of course, he becomes a disciple. How did me and Maria come to faith? How did anyone else in this room come to faith? Well, it was not because the church was perfect. There are no perfect churches. It was not because the pastors never did anything wrong. They do. It was because the gospel is brilliant. Flawless. Amazing. Because Jesus lived a sin-free life. Walked here on our earth. Isn't that fantastic? And, and because the Holy Spirit convinced, convicted, touched our hearts. Hallelujah. And then we knew we had a future. And a purpose. This is soul winning. This is winning people. Now, if you zoom in on these things, I will tell you a few stories. I was at Atlanta Airport. Come on, Whitney. Atlanta Airport in Georgia. 
I sit down, tired, and I'm sitting next to a guy who has something on his head. You know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm 50 years old now, so I said, you have something funny on your head. I wanted to make fun with him. It was one of those gang, gang, yeah, yeah, whatever it's called, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, why do you bother? And when he said that, I started laughing to myself. I, I was making a joke. I started laughing to myself. And when I did, the Holy Spirit just revealed his whole life. He has just been in prison. He's come out of prison. He's on his way home to Chicago. He's so worried about his daughter who is three years old that he hasn't seen because his girlfriend was pregnant. This, this all, the Holy Spirit starts to tell me. He, he saw his girlfriend pregnant, but he never saw the daughter. And now she's three years old. And he's so worried because his friends are waiting for him at the airport. And he doesn't want to mess up anything because he has promised his girlfriend on the phone that he will be a good dad and take care of of, of, of his baby mama and his baby. Are you here? And, and all of this was just revealed to me as I sat there next to him. The Holy Spirit just played little movies in my head. And it was just... It went super fast. So when he said, why do you bother? Well, I said, you've been in prison for a few years, haven't you? And his mouth just fell open. And you're on your way home to Chicago right now, aren't you? How do you know me? Well, and you have a, a, a baby girl, isn't it? Three years old. And you promised your baby mama that you're going to behave, but now your friends are waiting at the airport and they're going to take you out party tonight and you're super afraid that you will mess up. This is how practical it is. How many of you understand that if I would have been a super intellectual evangelist, I would have reasoned this away? Because you don't say this to a stranger at a gate, at an airport, especially not to someone that has been in for something criminal. Are you with me? But I say all these things, trusting the Holy Spirit. And tears starts to roll down his cheeks. And he pulls his chair up to me. And he says, how do you know all these things? I said, well, I'm a missionary, missionary in Africa. And I love God and I... I love the gospel of Jesus Christ and I have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit just revealed all these things to me. Have you heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, I have a grandmama who goes to church. All right. But have you heard the gospel? No, not, not really. So I share the gospel with him. He was wide open. Ten minutes later, I led him to Jesus. Right there at my airport gate. And I prayed with him and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we changed numbers. Alright. He jumped on his plane to Chicago and I flew to Stockholm. Are you with me? But we kept up contact for a long time. He said no to his friends. He went to his baby mama, hallelujah, to his little child. And he's having a job. And he is going to church in Chicago today because he met someone that was not just a parrot. He met someone that was not just wanting, wanting to, to win someone to impress the others in church. He didn't want to fill one more seat in church. Okay? No, no, no. He met someone that was interested 
in the gospel unto salvation and that was interested through God and the Holy Spirit in this person's life. You say, okay, 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 I get it, I get it. But this is like, this is like, this is, this is scary again. You said it would be easy. Well, you can mess up. Because I've heard people say, I've tried to be that prophetic and Holy Spirit-like. And then they say, what are you talking about? <laughs> and that's not fun. But that's the only way to learn. Because what, what can happen to you really is people can laugh and mock you. But that's all that's going to happen. And the next time, you will be a little more accurate, a little more right, a little more on target, a little more on point. And the more you walk with the Holy Spirit and you just humble about it, and you realize that you got the best message in the world, it's a winner. You got the help of the Holy Spirit, and you have very good looks. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you getting hold of something? All right. So I was in this airplane. Woke up in the middle of the night. My heart was beating. And I said, Holy Spirit, what, what, what is going on? Because now I know him. I know him. So he woke me up. Well, there's a guy in this airplane you need to minister to. Okay. <laughs> Stood up. Uh, needed to go pee first. I, you know, I said that to the Lord. I need to pee first. So when I was walking to the toilet, he said, it's him. There was a guy sitting, reading on his iPad. And uh, everyone else is sleeping. This guy is reading on his iPad. It's him. So how do I start this? <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning. Somewhere over Africa. So I went to the toilet two more times. Because I had to get over myself. And then I popped down next to him and I said, hi. <laughs> he said, Hi. And I said, yeah, um, yeah, might be a little weird, but I happen to be a missionary. And uh, you've been seeing me running back and forth to the toilet. It's not that I have a bad stomach. It is the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about you. The Holy Spirit? Yes. Yes. I know it sounds a little weird. I know it sounds a little bit like a spaceship just landed next to you. But uh, I believe the Holy Spirit lives within me. And, uh, and uh, he has just said, well, fire loose, man. What have this, what, what have this Holy Spirit said? And I told him. When I told him, he sobbed. Well, I don't really believe in God, but this is some... <laughs> yeah, any cost. I'm not going to repeat it. But he cussed out of excitement. How many of you know that people... Yeah, if you grew up in church, you may not know it. But people can cuss out of excitement. And he did. So he cussed for a long time. And then he said, this is unbelievable. I mean, this is... And, and other words. And then he was ready. I took his hands. Shared the gospel with him. Prayed with him. Kept contact with him for a long time. And he's a believer. And you say, Johannes, tell me more. Tell me more. This is my life. I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love 
to walk with the Holy Spirit. And it is often when I'm the least prepared, okay, when I don't really feel like it, that it happens. I landed in Ghana, West Africa, just two months ago. And uh, there was a guy that I asked to help me call an Uber. That's how simple it was. And as he was so nice to me, helping me, I said, Father, bless this young man. I mean, he's awesome. And he said, I can wait until the Uber comes and yada, yada, and I'll help you with your bags and I'll bring your bags. 25-year-old Ghanaian that I'd never met. Super friendly, super respectful. Are you getting it? So I just said, Father, I bless this young man. Help this young man. Let me get something for him. And the Holy Spirit started whispering stuff. He said he left church about seven years ago when he went to study in Europe. And he's a young backslidden man that really is longing to come back home. And I just picked it up and started to talk to him and prayed with him to, you know, what do you, what do you call it? Rededication. Brought him right back home, right there. So it became more than an Uber. It became a child coming home to God. So now you say, how can I get into this life? I'm going to give you some pointers. Is that okay? How to get into this life. Because now some of you, I know some of you are overwhelmed. like Because many of us in this room, we have grown up in the so-called intellectual world. And you need to be deprogrammed a little bit. All right? Yeah. You, it's actually the truth. You need to be deprogrammed. That's what Africa helped me with. Praise God for Africa. They deprogrammed me. Uh, now the young people are, are getting so educated, I have to deprogram them. It's actually the truth. When I came 30 years ago, it was awesome. Now it's getting harder and harder because everyone has a PhD. Why am I saying this? Because when you get puffed up intellectually, you disqualify yourself from being used by the Holy Spirit. It's not so that intellectual knowledge is something bad. No, you should go for high educations. You should go for it so that you can influence and get positions in this world. Are you hearing me? For the kingdom of God. We're not against that. We are all for that. But if you allow your puffed up intellect to hinder you from being surrendered to the Holy Spirit, we have a problem. We need people that knows a lot, but are still surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. I will give you some pointers. We have 15 minutes. 11 minutes. Perfect. No, 11 minutes is good. Come on. Do a lot in 11 minutes. Jesus, Jesus got Nathaniel in 30 seconds. Come on, somebody. My first hint is this hint. Don't minister to people that are not hungry. I'm going to, this, this will help you so much. This will help you so much because all of you are thinking about someone that you would like to share the gospel with, but that someone might not be ready for the gospel. This took me a long time to learn. 
And then you get stuck on someone and you work with that someone and you feel more and more hopeless when the whole world is full of people. Havate youth. Okay, sorry. It's a Disney movie. The sea is deep. What was that? Oh, forget. Let's move on. There's a lot of fish in the sea. All right? There's a lot of fish, guys. If you have been aiming for that shark that is your uncle for five years and he's not interested and he is despising you for it, move on to a bass. <laughs> yeah, that's a little fish for the sweets. Very little fish. It's not a shark, but it's still a fish. You've been zooming in on that working colleague of yours who is like a blue whale. That would be awesome for me to catch that one in my net. But you tried for seven years now. Move on. There is a pike in the lake. It's a little bigger fish, bigger than the bass. All right, so what are you talking about? Don't waste your time. Jesus speaks about this so many times. And some of you may not like the way Jesus says this. He says, don't throw your pearls to pigs. And he's talking about people. No, who do you want to give your pearls to? All right, you want to give it to people that are like the Syrophoenician woman. Mm -hmm. who, who is she? Well, if you read the four Gospels, you will find out. The Syrophoenician woman was told by Jesus when she asked for her daughter to be set free from a demon. She was told by Jesus, should I really take the bread from the children and give it to you, a dog? That's what he says. I'm paraphrasing it a little bit, but that is what he says. She could have been super offended, right? Oh my goodness, this rabbi, this pastor called me a dog. Try that one in Stockholm. Oh my goodness. But she says, the dogs eat the crumbs that falls from the children's tables. Can I have my crumb? That's the people you are going to start with. Yeah. 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 And listen, there are so many of them already in Stockholm that you won't even have time to finish them all, leading them to Christ before you get to the sharks and the blue whales. Are you getting what I'm saying here? So this is a good pointer that I've lived my life by. Where are people humble and hungry and ready to receive the gospel message? Wow, I can tell you. They may not look like the one you have zoomed in on. They may not live in your particular neighborhood. Are you here? But they're there. And if you have this one as a leading star, I am ministering to the hungry. You will always catch fish. There are times when I'm not following the Holy Spirit. And I feel out of 
I don't know, some kind of a religious obligation to share the gospel with the person next to me in the plane. And that person is just despiting everything I say, just mocking everything I say. I immediately stop nowadays. Not wasting my time on that and not destroying my faith on that. And not becoming humiliated by that. No, no, no. Put my earplugs in. Pick a good Tom Cruise movie. Are you here? Oh, yeah. And enjoy my plane ride. Why should I waste my time on throwing pearls to people that don't, they're not interested in my pearls? Why should I, why should I do that? That are offended by everything I say. Everything is outrageous. Sat next to this woman. Everything, was, everything I said was outrageous. It's outrageous. How can you even say that? All right. All right. I'm, I won't say a thing. <laughs> and then I meet someone else. And, and listen up now. This is so important. If you have your radar out for the most hungry people, you will have so many disciples. So here is the best decision you can make today. I won't spend another minute on trying to win my cousin that I've tried to win for seven years. Let someone else win your Nazareth. There will be someone else. Your Nazareth will be someone else's Capernaum. All right? Okay. I have even a sister, a sibling that I'm not trying to win. And it's not someone that this church knows. I'm not trying to win her because she's not open. So my Nazareth will be someone else's Capernaum. I got cousins in Austria that I'm not trying to win. I'm just politely meeting with them because, you know, we are cousins. But I'm not trying because they have made it very clear to me that I'm not going to throw my pearls to them. This is the best decision you can ever make if you want to become an effective winner for Jesus Christ. Not throwing pearls to people that don't deserve them. Cut off some things and move on to people that are hungry. Did you get hold of it? Good. Um, I'm going to give you another hint. I got a few minutes and then we wrap it up. Another hint. Let me see where I got these notes here. Yeah. Okay. There is something about giving proofs to doubters. That we can get stuck on. Let me explain what I mean. Well if I only saw this. And I saw that. And I saw this. And I saw that. Then I will believe. <sighs> Jesus didn't really spend time on those people. He said to the Pharisees. There will be no other sign given to you. Than the sign of Jonah. And I won't go into explain what the sign of Jonah is now. But I just want to get this over to you. Jesus wasn't spending time to prove the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was spending time with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the soldiers that wanted to listen to him. And the crowds next to the Sea of Galilee. So when you get into that place where people want 
you to prove your point. Move away. I don't do that. I wrote that down here. I don't do that. But go wash feet for people instead that will love you and appreciate you for washing their feet. So, yeah, trying to take an example that will land in good soil here. Um, well, oh, I have this guy, I mean, I felt like it doesn't matter if the dead will be raised, he won't believe anyhow, because he, he, he's, he's, he is locked up on this thing that he wants God to prove himself to him. It's an extremely prideful place in life. God has got nothing to prove to you. Right? But there are people that would be so happy and so thankful if you went on and just washed their feet and loved on them. And um, there's something so fantastic, and I'm going to end right there, in showing crazy love beyond judgment and condemnation oh my goodness there is so little of that in our world and it can be so easily done huh stood next to this woman in a grocery store in Africa that was shopping for all her kids and the money was not enough for what she had carried to the cashier and she was so ashamed, she put, put one stuff out and another stuff out and in front of the whole line. And I just went up and said, hey, 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 put it all in. Hey, 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 what is this? You got four, how many? Five kids. Hey, hey, hey. She wouldn't let go of me. Who are you, beautiful stranger? That saved my weekend with my kids. We kept standing outside the grocery store for so long. And just a little loving kindness. A little bit of washing feet to a total stranger. Opened up her heart and I led her to Jesus. Wash feet. Love crazy. Beyond judgment and condemnation. And you will win a lot of people. And now some of you say... That I can do. I just saw it in some of your eyes. I can't do that first off you talked about. But this I can do. Awesome. That's Jesus too. Right? You can do that. All right. Stand up on your feet. Lift up your hands and say to Jesus. Just lift up your hands and say to Jesus, here I am. Come on, come on, lift up your hands. Say it. Here I am. Ready to preach the gospel. Yeah. And now say thank you that you've given me the best message in the world. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Now acknowledge the Holy Spirit in your life and say again, thank you that I have a helper. He is going to do the work. Not me. But the gospel and the Holy Spirit. Yes. And now say, thank you that I'm so good looking. 
<laughs> I got all that it takes. Yeah. And I lift up your hands and say, Father, lead me to hungry people. Lead me to people that are open and ready. Yeah. Let me wash feet. Love beyond judgment and condemnation. Let me win someone for you. Let me lead someone to you. In Jesus' name. And God blessed all the soul winners. Come on.